Welcome to the video. Don't forget to hit that bell icon for weekly videos on historical figures and stories. If you enjoy the content, be sure to subscribe. You may have heard of Harold Fairhair from the TV show Vikings. Here, we see him fight alongside the legendary Ragnar Lothbrok, and we also see him fight alongside the sons of Ragnar and the great heathen army. But how much of this is historically accurate according to the sources? Let's have a look and delve into the real life of Harold Fairhair. Harold is mentioned in several sagas, but in this video, I'll be telling you his story mainly from the Heimskringla saga, but I will throw in some accounts from other sagas as well. Many sagas regarding his life are conflicting, however, I will only add accounts of sagas that have additional information and don't interfere with the Heimskringla saga storyline. First, let's have a look at his ancestry. Harold's father was Halfdan the Black, who was king of the Vestfold. Harold and his father Halfdan belonged to the house of Ingling, a mythic family who were descended from the gods. Rulers would often proclaim divine lineage to support their reasons to be king and to maintain authority. Harold's mother was named Ranghild, and in the Skarzabog saga, Harold is described as the great-grandson of Sigurd Snake in the Eye, the son of Ragnar Lothbrok. So Ragnar and Harold most likely didn't fight together in any battles, like in the TV show Vikings, and it's most likely that they weren't alive at the same time, if the sources are to be believed. Let's have a look at Harold's early life. He would have been born in the year 850. After the death of his father, it is said he became a stout, strong, and comely man. His mother's brother, Guthorm, became the leader of the army, but many petty kings and jarls would defect from their government, wanting to become independent and have no overlord. King Gandalf was the first to defect, so did King Aistain and his two sons, as did many other lords. This could only mean one thing, war. King Gandalf had only made peace with Harold's father Halfdan a few years before his death, so when he died, he knew his kingdom was weak and was ripe for the taking. King Gandalf's son Hake would march on the Vestfold with 300 men. Harold had heard that Hake was in his lands and he would rally an army together. Harold at this point would have been a young man in his teens, but he still would lead men and follow his uncle to war. Harold and his uncle Guthorm would meet Hake in his army in a valley, in which they fought a great battle. Harold was victorious, and King Hake fell, along with most of his forces, having been put to the sword. When Harold turned to march back to his own lands, he found that Hake's father, King Gandalf, had come to the Vestfold himself, with his own army. Once again, Harold would go into battle, and it was brutal. Most of King Gandalf's men would lay dead, but he would flee back to his own kingdom. Harold had now shown that he was a warrior, and would fight to the bitter end, but there were many battles to come. Harold would then lay the foundation of his unification of Norway by overcoming five kings. Harold and his uncle Guthorm would set fire to the houses of King Aistain's two sons, Hogner and Frode. The sons managed to escape the inferno, 
but was slain soon after by Harold's men. Harold would also murder the two upland kings in an ambush at midnight, upon learning of their meeting place. He would then make war with an old enemy, King Gandalf, and they fought several battles. In the last of them, King Gandalf was slain, and Harold took the entirety of his kingdom. King Harold had his eyes on the daughter of King Eric of Hordaland. His daughter was Gida. She was a beautiful and spirited woman. When Harold's messengers delivered a message of his intention to marry her, she said she wouldn't marry a petty king. She also said, Will no king here make the whole country subject to him in the same way as Gorn the Old did in Denmark? Harold's messengers thought Gida was arrogant, as she would be lucky to have a man as mighty as Harold, but they left her residence and prepared to depart home. As they were leaving, Gida shouted, Now tell King Harold these words. I will only agree to be his lawful wife, upon the condition that he shall, for my sake, subject himself the whole of Norway. When King Harold's messengers returned to him, they told him what Gida had said. Harold answered, This girl has not spoken or done so much amiss that she should be punished, but rather she should be thanked for her words. She has reminded me of something which I did not think of before, and now I make a solemn vow that never shall I cut or comb my hair until I have subdued the whole of Norway, or if not, have died in the attempt. King Harold, now motivated by his vow, prepared for an expedition to the uplands. King Harold ordered everything to be delivered to the flames. Many of the common people begged for peace and obtained it on the condition that they joined Harold and became his men. He met no opposition until he came to Orkandal. There, an army had assembled and he would go to battle against King Gritting. Harold would defeat him and make him a prisoner. There, Gritting swore his fealty to Harold and all the men in Orkandal became Harold's subjects. It is told that Ohakon Grudjotgarson came to King Harold from Irjar and brought a great crowd of men into his service. Then, King Harold went to Gaulardar and had a great battle in which he slew two kings and conquered their dominions. However, more kings would set upon Harold with their armies. One was the king of Verendal, the second ruled Scorn, and the third ruled the Sparbigjad district, and the fourth over the Ayin Idre. The four kings marched against Harold, but he won the battle. Some of those kings fell, and others fled. At this point, all in all, Harold had fought at least eight battles, and had slain around eight kings. He was slowly uniting the Kingdom of Norway, making it known that he would be its king. To the north in Naumudal were two brother kings, Herlag and Hrulag, and they had been kings for three summers. They would soon receive news that King Harold was coming upon them with an army. When Herlag knew that Harold was close, he would commit suicide by having his men collapse a mound into him. His brother Hrulag 
would meet King Harold and gave him his whole kingdom and offered to enter his service. King Harold then symbolically took a sword and fastened it to Hrulag's belt and bound a shield to his neck and made him an earl over the district of Normundal. After the encounter with Harold, Hrulag was no longer a king, but an earl. This reflects Harold was a man of mercy. If you pledged him fealty, you would step down as king and become an earl. If you fought, you would die by the sword. King Harold then returned to Throinheim, where he dwelt during the winter. He would afterwards regard it as his home. In the winter, he took to wife Asa, the daughter of Elhakon Grodjokgardson. In the winter and spring, he commissioned the building of great Viking longships. He would build a great dragon ship and had it fitted out in the most splendid way. He showed his best warriors the boat, as they were hand-picked to be his household guard. The best men from every district were appointed, with many of them being berserks. Eventually, King Harold took his army to Moor. Huntioff was the name of the king who ruled the district of Moor. His son was named Solvkloth, and both were great warriors. When they heard Harold was approaching, they gathered an army and fought against him in a great battle. Harold would go on to win the battle, and King Huntioff was slain, but his son managed to escape the massacre. Harold was getting a reputation for killing kings and taking their lands, and the rest of Norway was very wary of him, as his power and influence was growing, day by day. Solve Cloth the surviving prince from the Battle of Solskel, and his friend, King Arnvid, had passed the winter plundering and killing many of Harold's men, and he was making his revenge known. Solvkloth asked King Udbjorn for help. In his plea, he said, It is now clear that we have but one course to take, and that is to rise all as one man against King Harold for we have strength enough, and fate must decide the victory. For as the other condition of becoming his servants, that is no condition for us, who are not less noble than Harold. My father thought it better to fall in battle for his kingdom than to willingly go into Harold's service. Solve's speech convinced King Udbjorn to join his cause, and together they gathered a massive army. They would soon receive news that Harold was on the move from the north, and they prepared to go to war. This battle would be on the water, and the two sides lashed their ships together stem to stem, with King Harold's ship being against King Arnvid's ship. The ships would collide, and a savage battle would ensue. It is said that King Harold was raging with anger, and went forward and slew so many men that they were driven off their ship into the waters. Harold soon boarded King Arnvid's ship, and there, Arnvid was slain. His friend Solve, however, once again fled, and lived to fight another day. Many of Harold's earls would fall in this battle. Solve would afterwards become a great sea king. After the sea battle, King Harold moved to subdue more, but Vemund, King Udbjorn's brother 
still had land that Harald needed. News reached Harald's earls that King Vemund was staying in a guest house. Earl Ragnvald surrounded the house and set fire to it. King Vemund was burned alive along with 90 men. The only thing that would unite Norway was blood and Harald knew this. His brutality to those who opposed him was becoming known. Earl Ragnvald and Harald would have a meeting along with the Ulfhednar warriors to decide what kingdom to conquer next. Harald highly valued the warrior shamans and kept them as his household guard. In the Harafsmal, it states, they are called wolfskins who bear bloody shields in combat. They redden spears when they come to war. There at Harald's court, they are seated together. There I believe he, the sovereign, wise in understanding, may entrust himself to men of courage alone, those who hew into a shield. Harold would use these men as shock troops, and with the Ulfhednar on his side, it's no wonder he won so many battles. News would soon reach Harold that the people and kings of four different lands were gathering and they were bringing together ships and weapons and a great body of men. Harold would too assemble his forces as he knew that this would be the biggest and greatest battle of his life. The kings would all meet for this great battle and it would be the bloodiest battle in all of Harold's campaign to unite Norway. Ships would ram into each other and men would die. First, King Eirik fell. Then, King Sulk was killed with his brother Earl Sot. Thor Hakland, who was a great berserk, had laid his ship against King Harald's, and he launched a desperate attack, entering the state of the berserker. But Harald's own Ulfhednar slew him and every man on his ship. In the Gretis saga, it also describes the scene at the Battle of Hausfjord. It states, King Harald made for Thoril's ship, knowing him to be a terrible berserk and very brave. The fighting was desperate on either side. Then the king ordered his berserks, the men called wolfskins, forward. No iron could hurt them, and when they charged, nothing could withstand them. Thoril defended himself bravely and fell on his ship valiantly. King Kajov fled, as did all of his men, and the battle was won by Harald. He had just killed many kings, great berserkers and earls, and his vow was now complete. He met no opposition in Norway, for all his opponents were either his subjects or had been slain. King Harald was now the sole king of the whole of Norway, and he managed to conquer all of the land when he was still in his twenties or early thirties. He remembered what that proud girl had said to him all those years ago, and he sent for her. He would then take her into his bed, and they would have five children together. King Harald had many wives and many children. The sagas name anywhere from eleven to twenty, with his favourite son being his eldest, Eric Bloodaxe. Now that he was king of Norway, the time had come. King Harald got into a bath, and Earl Ragnarvald would now cut his hair, which had been uncut and uncombed for ten years. 
Once his hair was finally cut and combed, all agreed that he had the most beautiful head of hair in the land. Earl Ragnarvald would then give him a distinguishing name, Harald Fairhair. Harald would rule all of Norway until he was 80 years old. Once he reached the age of 80, he would co-rule with his son Eric Bloodaxe and handed him much of his supreme power. Harald would die three years later due to old age, in approximately the year 933. Harald's takeover of Norway was bloody. He killed countless kings, earls and jarls over a ten-year period. He was the veteran of a hundred battles, and if there was an easier way to overcome his enemies rather than in war, such as burning his enemies alive while they were asleep, he would. He would use his berserks and the Ulfhednar warriors in battle in order to overcome any enemy, for they were his most powerful allies in combat. He gathered the best of them from all the different regions in Norway, and against him and his warriors, no army would stand a chance. Harald himself was also an incredible warrior. He never lost a battle and would fight amongst his men from a young age. So the real Harald Fairhair took Norway by blood. He didn't become king by Jarl's voting like in the TV show Vikings, and he was the leader of his own armies, becoming the first king of Norway by uniting it with a decade of warfare. So let me know your thoughts on Harald Fairhair in the comment sections down below. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to like, subscribe and share, and I'll see you all soon for another History Profile.